Welcome to the Reading Aloud podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us and a baby. <laughs> Enjoy. <sighs> Should we start by singing the song? Oh, yeah. All right, so this is a song that was written for Trouser when she was brand new, new, brand new. And we just call it the Trouser Song, and some of our friends who are podcast listeners have probably heard us sing it before. But since this is an Ode to Trouser podcast, we're going to start by singing it. You ready? No. No. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be ready for any of this podcast. Yeah, but I want to get the song out, so just give me a minute. Yeah. Oh, little trouser, you are so small and brown. Your legs are so short and your belly is oh so round. Oh, little trouser, your vagina is oh so big. And you know that that's okay because you're done having kids. Your tongue has little black spots and your nipples touch the floor. And And we we have to be careful so that that you don't bolt out the door. And sometimes you bite and sometimes you're mean and that's okay because you're astray. And we love you anyway. Ten days after Neo was born, we had to put down Trouser, Marisol's dog of 14 and a half years, and the prettiest little angel that ever was. Prangel. Prangel. <laughs> we, we ended up working down the, the name Pretty Little Angel to Prangel, and that became her name. Trouser, in fact had many names as i think some dogs have many you know most dogs have many names trouser had many names and personalities she would take on different personalities do what was your favorite personality that trouser would take on i think i liked your like a 10 strinston yeah (laughs) because she would because she would like she would like get so it, it you know it's like kind of like when dogs or horses like they have purpose and mm-hmm. it was so purposeful and she would be you'd be like attention and she would just like do this like jump like I'm here yeah I'm here. she would tan- stand at attention right. she would pop up it would be like her like a uh, herding you know like a I think of like a border collie or you know like a very work oriented like that this was you know we were gonna get something done the ten strinston speaking yeah. of border collie you know I think a lot of people if you follow me on Instagram or you that that you've seen pictures of trouser because she's very much a part of the whole story but um and clearly podcast listeners I mean she's you know and she's not she was on the cover for the past two yeah, seasons right. but she uh, is a dachshund a purebred dachshund. <laughs> I love when you tell people that because Trouser, for those that don't have a visual, is like a 35-pound. She's, she's long. She, she definitely has dachshund in her, but like a 35-pound, you know, reddish-brown and then was gray dog, but like, you know, a mutt. She was a mutt, but, uh, you know, and people would be like, oh, what kind of dog is she? And you'd go, you'd go, she's a purebred dachshund. 
<laughs> because I love dachshunds. And when I was looking on Pet Finder for a dog, um, you know, at the shelter, I wanted a dachshund and she was listed as a dachshund. <laughs> Yeah. But she's clearly not a dachshund. She's like a pit bull, hound, dachshund. Well, the thing that was so special is the woman yeah. who came to to um, help her transition out, she said, this, she just casually was like, oh, well, this dog clearly has some dachshund in her. I mean, and that was Maybe literally the only person, the only person ever in who her whole life. unprompted would said, oh, she's got some dachshund in her. In her whole life. In her whole life. The the last, like, stranger that she met who was very sweet, and we appreciate Becky, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, wow. <laughs> and I was like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was such the affirming right at the end. It's like she she was trying her whole life to be a, a dachshund. dachshund. And then right at the end. Somebody's like, well, that's clearly a That's dachshund. clearly a dachshund. <laughs> <laughs> oh, proud um, mama moment. So, so tell me about, tell me, I want to hear as we kind of start, uh, and we want to get into the ways that Trouser impacted us. I think that's kind of where we're headed in this podcast. But I want to hear from you, like, what was what was her like gotcha story? You know, what was her like? How did you you mentioned you got her? Um, you were looking for a dachshund, and so tell me like the first your first like building of relationship with. Well, Trouser. I think it's interesting because I was twenty three, I think around twenty three, and I don't I don't know like what prompted me to get a dog. Like my friends didn't have dogs. Yeah, uh, you know, very few of them did, and I just was like, you know, this like feeling of I need a dog Mm. and you know which is so great because because I've never had the opportunity to have that you know I've had dogs growing up and then I was kind of like traveling and on the road and then moved back and then we met and it was like you know then trouser was entered into my life but that's so special to feel like I'm gonna go get a dog yeah oh it's a big deal you know it's like such a big girl move um, but I think part of it was that I needed a companion in my twenties were, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but like definitely the hardest decade so far, not that I've had that many, I've had tens, twenties, thirties, I guess zeros, tens, twenties, thirties, but like it was such a difficult time. And I, I knew that I needed some support and I look back and I think, you know, all of the ways that she supported me were definitely very akin to a service dog. You know, she really took her job as my companion very seriously. And, you know, I nurtured that by taking her everywhere with me and traveling with her and treating her like a human and getting her in the bed and doing all the things you're not supposed to do with a dog that make them protective of you and all of that. But, um, you know, but, but, but then over time, it also grew her limbic system like her emotional capacity was so high yeah and she you know started communicating back I mean she very much transformed from a dog to a pseudo human Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know but but her gotcha story was that I you know so I'm 23 and I wanted a dog so I started looking on pet finder at for a dachshund and she came up and she was very scared looking in her picture and had this big head and kind of some teeth like very <laughs> like pit bull head like a big head and a tiny but long red body short legs turned out toes and so she kind of looked like a basset hound dachshund something 
Um, and she, you know, the description said that she was one of the only dogs with a description. And the description said that she was good with cats and dogs or good with cats and kids. And I think, you know, that seems like good qualities to have. And so this woman had gotten her from the shelter and she was somebody who would go to shelters to find service animals. And she, when I talked to her, she said that there was no way that this dog could be a service dog. (laughs) Um, Because she had a touch of, I'm assuming, because she had a touch of aggression Uh towards other dogs or something about her. Just too damaged. She's a little wily when you got her. You've told me that. For like sure. she was a little Yeah, she wasn't like the best behaved dog. Yeah. I mean the biggest thing is that she just doesn't do much with other animals other than cats. She's indifferent to. She's not like a cat chaser. But yeah, she doesn't like other dogs that much. And so she you know, so so basically this woman said, But if no one adopts her, we're keeping her as our family pet. So, you know, to me, it's like, great, that's what I want is a family pet. Mm -hmm. And so the woman brought her to my place of work. And I just remember the kids being with them and the kids being like, we love her. Her name was Dixie because she's from the country. (laughs) And she had had puppies. She was chained up outside. So she'd always had like neck trauma, like a little like like I could never put a, a collar around her neck. It was always a harness. Um, cause her neck was sensitive and she was really sensitive. She, she had a rough like puppy upbringing yeah. with some, yeah. And, and she ended up getting pregnant and teen mom style and having her babies underneath the house that she was at. And they just like hated the whole thing. They had to like break into the flooring to get the puppies and they were pissed and they dropped her off at the, you know, they didn't care about her. So yeah. So anyways, you know they brought her to my place of work and I just remember her jumping up on the woman, like doing like a stretch on the woman's legs. And I just like could see this loyalty that she had this Mm. like deep connection to Mm. the woman. And the kids were like, Dixie, we love was Dixie staying. And the mom's like, this might be Dixie's new home. And, um, that loyalty though, I needed that. I Mm -hmm. needed somebody who was going to love me unconditionally because as I said, like being 20 something was hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that really translated out into, you know, the qualities that she had. She was so loyal to you. She was your shadow. And, uh, so that's cool to hear that even on that first day that you met her, that was a quality that you recognized in her mm-hmm. by kind of hopping up and, and doing that. And that was something that she maintained and deepened throughout your relationship. Yeah. And, you know, as we've told people about her her death and her passing, you know, they've said, like, I've never seen a dog so dedicated to, you know, and I know there's dogs named Shadow and people have that, but like, you know, like everywhere I went, she just wanted to be with me. And, you know, I, I never took that for granted. And I think that that's really important is like, I just don't take this love for granted. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we just appreciated every moment with her and all of the like nuances about her. And which of course makes it a hundred times harder to let her go. Yeah. And it's pretty, you know, important looking back. Like we just didn't, yeah, we didn't take her for granted. 
Yeah. But yeah. I told the woman, I said, so what am I supposed to do? Like take her home for a night? And she said, no, I think you should keep her for like a week and see how it goes. And she said, but I don't think I'm going to be hearing from you again. <laughs> you know, because I was like, do I just bring her back if it doesn't work? And she said, I don't think I'm going to be hearing from you again. Which is so interesting. I think looking back at that, I mean, I was like, I was at, I had like a professional job. I mean, I had like a badge and my like fancy trouser pants, speaking of. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. This woman was so confident in my 23-year-old self to just like take this dog on. And it's such a thing. It's yeah. just such a thing. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you more questions? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm interviewing it, you here. Well, yeah. yeah. So you took her home, and you you you'd had dogs before, but you'd never actually taken care of one. No. Like, you know, you're 23. You take home your first dog. I'm assuming she like poops all over the floor. What what happens? Right. Well, no, not at all. In fact, I assumed the same, and I brought her. I put her in my lap. I mean, she's big for a lap dog, and I drove up the highway like precariously with her in my lap, and. <laughs> stopped at my friend's house and was like this is a dog and they were like okay and then I went home and I put her in like all of my clothes and put some wigs on oh, yeah. her immediate dress up yeah dress up yeah. I put wigs on her and I took a bunch of pictures that are on my old flip phone and wish I still had them but yeah she loved it she was like totally down with this like blonde bob and my black zip up hoodie I mean, she was so good she was down and that was one of the traits you know i really appreciated about trouser trouser was so flexible as a dog and what i mean by that is you know if you wanted to play trouser was down to play like we could play ball but then if you want to be like all right we're done with ball we're gonna like go sit down she would be like, all right, we're done with ball. We're going to go sit down. Oh, you want to dress up? Let's dress up. Like, oh, you want to, you know, snooze here? Oh, you want to go on a walk? Like, she was so just, and I think that that teaches, sorry to derail here for a second, but like that has taught me such a valuable lesson of this unconditional love by attunement to who you're giving that love to, like attunement to them. She was so tuned in to us and saying like, whatever y'all want to do, I'm going to enjoy doing that. Like, I'm not going to hold on to like, I have to be doing this or this in this way to be having a good time. And to me, that's such a valuable lesson that she taught us in, in a way to be flexible, to be easygoing and, in, and enjoy life to its fullest, no matter what's happening in that moment. Well, I feel like, you know, you came with those qualities into this relationship. Like, that's how I see you. And I think that's what made you two so so compatible was that, you know, you both, y'all are easy for me. Mm. You know, like y'all are ease. We're not, we're, we're also, we as a family, meaning at that time, you, me and Trouser, were perfect for each other. We were a family. You know, we complimented each other, and we still do. You and I still do, and now and now Neo does. Yeah. You know, since she since she's passed and shared on social media and stuff, it's just, I it's like so many stories of dogs and cats and pets that have passed away, and um, specifically 
like like an extraordinary amount of stories of this timing around birth of baby like like a real life death cycle wrapped up the yin and the yang like right in one amazing like i mean story after story actually it's like not just one or two it's been five six seven eight nine ten i mean it's just crazy um and you know you have to understand at that point like the divine timing of it all and and you know it was really helpful when people started to point out to me like she really did wait for neo to arrive. And, you know, Neo was, you know, if you listen to our past podcast, you know that Neo could have arrived within 20 weeks of his due date because of some complications. And, you know, she was just there for every minute. And, you know, she was really declining right at the end. Um, It was hard for me to notice that because she had her ups and down days and we were associating it with some arthritis pain and also the weather. And, so it was hard to know if they were her last, last days. It wasn't clear until it, till really Thursday night. We were like, she's not well. We take her to the vet Friday morning. It's this like big, like her heart is beating too fast. And she came home and I'm like, babe, I think she's dying. And we had this option to take her to the cardiologist um, for a big workup in another state. And again, we're 10 days postpartum or at that point, yeah. like eight. It was a lot. It was just a lot like having to mentally navigate those decisions while all of my, personally speaking for me, and you know, I, I assume this to be true for you as well, but just navigate those decisions mentally when all of my mental attention was going towards the baby and breastfeeding, you know, navigating that matrix and sleeping and keeping the house in order to a certain degree and, you know, just communication with friends and family and like all of my mental capacity and then putting on this like very, you know, any other time we would have like, I would have taken a day off of work. We would have like solely focused on that. We would have been, you know, tuned in, but it was, it was really, it was very difficult and yet, that would that was how it turned out, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Friday, you know, we went to the vet. Yeah, and, and they, there was something with her heart, and right. And so, you know, we're looking at this like big ticket workup for an old pup in another state with emergency services and all of this stuff. And you know, I just I just said I think she's dying. Um, I've said that before though, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure of that. And you know, I just. I just said, you know, we'll know what we need to know when we need to know it. And I think that kind of collaboration with the pets is so important because, you know, trusting that you know. And it was so interesting because the next day, somehow we got another appointment with her, with the doc, with her doctor who she hadn't been able to see on Friday morning. And that doctor just knows her up and down and offered so sweetly to do a free x-ray and said and called us and was like, I'm so glad that we did this x-ray because what what I'm seeing is, is there's a huge mass between her heart and her lungs and it's constricting or restricting her blood flow. And all of a sudden it made sense like these like s- s- 
sleepy, slow back legs and all of the things that weren't getting enough oxygenation and every time she wasn't feeling well. And I have no idea how long that cancer had been around, but she was like, it's a, it's a big mass. And she said, even if I had all the money in the world, I wouldn't put my dog through definitely the, no need for the heart workup because we know what it is. But, uh, oncology was the other cancer treatment was the other option. She said, I wouldn't do that with the situation and just thinking about like starting with a biopsy and seeing if it's malignant and then doing surgery. It's just like, I just knew, I mean, I can't believe, you know, my girl, like I would know that it was her time to die. Like it just, you know, like you have to really know to know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just so impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It was incredible to watch you just know. I mean, you came so clear. You were like, you know, this was Friday. Saturday. This was Saturday. Um, did she call Saturday evening? Saturday late afternoon, yeah. Saturday late afternoon. And you were like, tomorrow's the day. You were like, tomorrow, Sunday. Tomorrow's the day. And then you were like, I think around 1 o'clock. Without even, like, we hadn't called anybody or anything. You just knew. You knew the time, the day. And it was so quick too, that it was nothing short of uh, miraculous, of, of like a miracle that you knew like that because it wasn't like we had thought about it and we'd mapped it out and we'd sat down with the calendar or some, you know, weird, crazy bullshit like that. It was it, within 30 minutes, you were like, tomorrow at one. And then I ended up calling the mobile vet to, you know, somebody to come to the house. And they were like, well, I have tomorrow at one. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. And that was, and I was like, yes. Yeah. I just, for me, you know, in my family, Sundays are a time for rest and growing up and Sundays, you know, Sundays stretched out, you know, Sundays were long and lazy and there was space for, for rest. Um, you know, Monday's a hustle I mean, we even had like a pediatrician appointment on Monday. It's like, I couldn't just be doing all these things. And I just didn't want like, you know, I don't think it was selfish of me, but like, I couldn't just sit in that anticipation for so long. No, I think that's super wise. Yeah. And, you know, and like, I remember on Sunday morning when we woke up, I saw you look over and I just was like, he's checking to see if she made it through the night because it had, you know, she had declined. I mean, we had taken Neo's first walk and Trouser's last walk on Saturday night. And, um, and a huge rainbow appeared over the sky. Oh my it, rain- God, it, was the it most- rained, it rained all day on Saturday as we were finding this out. And she was kind of just if anybody has lost a dog, they know kind of, you know, she was just laying in her bed, sleeping. very lethargic, sleeping, wouldn't eat, um, all of the signs. And uh, we went on a short little walk. And there was the most beautiful sunset. Like I was like, is the rain going to let up for I mean, us to walk? God put on a show <laughs> in the sky, truly. And then there was a full ass rainbow, like end to end rainbow right over our home right over our home on saturday evening unbelievable and like it's so interesting because even though all of that happened it's still so hard yeah it's like (laughs) like you want with these things you want so bad to be like 
you just want it to be like you it's okay you know I don't know like grief is just so freaking painful that you just want it to be okay and it's you know like when you talk to like that loyalty is still like you know she wasn't the same dog in your and my relationship that she was in like when you came on the scene and my mom would say this a lot but like you know she was so glad to have you because you know you were you really prioritized her like I, in in her and my relationship it was mutually beneficial but like she was my caretaker and when she you, was there for you right and when you came along you were there for her like mm-hmm. you really were her dad and you gave her so much and you really prioritized i mean you would tell me all the time like she just wants this kind of pet or this is the food she wants or she wants you to go on a walk with her. Like you just were so tuned into what she needed and I'm so glad that she had that in, in, in the last half of her life because she was so dedicated to me for so long that way to give it back to her. I, I'm just so I say grateful like, for you. I say like, Trouser, exactly. Trouser was your, you were trousers number one. Like you were trousers number one. She was by your side through thick and thin, no matter what. Trouser and I were like, we were best friends. We were like the ride or die. You know, we were like, you were, you were in the like long-term committed, you know, marriage of life. (laughs) And I was her like best man. Yeah. And yeah, we were just, yeah, we were buds. We would, we would rough house. We would, you know, and you're right. I did kind of tune into her and it was just now, now reflecting on it. And I haven't even thought about this and shared it yet, but I think she was instrumental in teaching me how to parent before Neo, like how to be a friend parent, because for the most part, I was kind of trousers disciplinary too. <laughs> you know, I was firm with her more than, and you would actually get on to me. You were like, easy, you know, because I'd be like, trouser, come here, you know, I'd get on to her. And, uh, but she, she taught me like how to, like the balance between that, because she would let me know when it was like, yo, chill, mm-hmm. chill, dad. Yeah, like so I appreciate like when that. she when you would think she would go you were, she was gonna go far or leave or do yeah. something and, and I'd yell at her yeah and I'd be like babe she's not going anywhere right. she's fine yeah and it helped me like fine you know fine tune or just just get tuned into just get tuned into that and and it's and I, I just reflecting on it now it's such a valuable lesson with now I have a son right here. <laughs> But, you know, honestly, I, I was going to say the same thing. I was just about to say the same thing of like you watching you parent trouser taught me a lot about parenting because I I had some remorse about I would put her next to me where I wanted to put her and kind of like make her snuggle me in a particular way that felt good to me. And, you know, just like 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 that this being was here for me and i was going to make her do what i wanted to what i needed right 
And then I would watch you and, and, you know, especially as she got older and she wanted space because her bones hurt. and Yeah, she just, didn't want to cuddle quite as much. She didn't she? want to be all enveloped. Like, yeah, um, like, yeah, squeezed. Right. Yeah. And, and you would, and I would like be like, trouser, you know, like codependently like trouser. And you would say, she wants, she just needs a little space. And like that kind of like prioritization of her needs and you being able to tune into that and put her needs above yours. I mean, you know, I feel so silly saying this because it's like, it is really codependent and it is, it it feels really like selfish of me. But yeah, I mean, I was like, wow, he's so okay with her sitting across the room instead of right next to him or like you just let her do what she wanted to do. And I didn't even know that she wanted half those things half the time. (laughs) And the way she liked to be pet, you, you found this scratch on her chest that she adored. And I avoided that scratch because because it's stank, you know, like you scratch into it and all this fur would come off and then your fingers kind of smelled like dog. And I, I didn't want that. I wanted the like face pet head thing that I would do. Does, am I making sense? Like you, you really, you totally are. You really yeah. taught me how to like, what does she want? Right. Right. It was about listening to the needs of the other person and really hearing that and and doing that i appreciate that thank you for sharing that and you do that with everybody and and it has taught me a lot about parenting Mm. Mm. so watching you all yeah more than anything we've talked uh, you know about a couple lessons that trouser has taught us in her life i want to i want to hear that and then i want to hear one of your I, i think we should tell a couple stories and whatnot but um what what what's the biggest or i hate the either or What's one of the most influential lessons do you feel like Trouser taught you? And how are you going to carry that out into the next phase of your life? I think that she was a great balance because she did have tendency toward other dog aggression and so she wasn't perfect right she was so like people who met her who never saw that side of her were so they loved her so much they were like oh my god this dog and then she would like captivate people because she was so amazing and and then I knew that she had this dirty little secret Mm -hmm. where she would like like embarrass the crap out of us by like charging other dogs. She lost a toenail. Yeah. She in a fight. She has like a huge scar across her oh, face. Oh, if you didn't have, I mean, she, people would be like, like my oh, dog's yeah. nice, and we'd always have to say, mm, she's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she just didn't like, especially on the leash. She just did not like other dogs. Right, which is a protective thing for us. But like, I just think like you know to be comfortable with her imperfections because because there was so much about her that was so amazing I mean she taught me how to like I mean she and I are the same sometimes we bite and sometimes we're mean but that's okay because she's a stray and I am me yeah (laughs) and we love you anyway right I mean that's her song yeah yeah when we were putting her down it was it's a really beautiful little mini ceremony 
and you played a mean flute that day. Yeah, I played played the flute for her, and there was some magic that happened. But we pulled a card from this oracle deck that we love. It's called Mysteries of Love, and uh, it was uh, the Lamb, which is beautiful because the lambs were her favorite squeaky toys for some reason she really liked lammies like we would get her a frog or a, 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 dog. a dog or some other kind of squeaky toy and she was a squeaky toy dog you know she would we would say get squeak it and she would go wag her tail and go over to her basket and pull out a squeak it and uh and squeak it but lambs were her favorite so we pulled the lamb and the the word the lamb represented vulnerability and I think that's so beautiful what you just described in the essence of Trouser embodied vulnerability in being just who she was. She was so vulnerable in her love, in the way that she loved unconditionally. She was so vulnerable in the way that she was just like, this is, this is me. I'm going to be mean to other dogs. I'm going to love hard and... And she loved you so strong, and, and and I loved her, and I mean it was yeah. But I but I just like you know I think with that it's like you know we were talking the other night or the other day after she died of like that vulner like what do you think the vulnerability card means? And I just like I think about how when you come inside and a dog just gives their all to you, yes, because they have nothing else to live for, right. which is the craziest thing about losing them is that they literally were living for you, for you, and then to lose them it's like you know it's like you don't you just don't even realize how freaking valuable that having something live for you is like it's just so uniquely special and but she just like you know like clockwork you come in and she's like you know you did it best you would kind of rile her up and she'd be like ah. Yeah, yeah. Like this I'd whale. get her up and squeeze her on the couch and this, pet her really hard. This whale of like, oh my God, I'm so excited yeah. to see you. You know, and it's like, imagine if every time we saw one of our friends, yeah. we were like, or or our loved ones, we were like, oh my God, it's so amazing to see you. I can't believe it's you. I love you so much. And just poured our hearts out. Mm. You know how vulnerable that is because it's, it's very vulnerable. You 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 know people would say in their heads like I don't want to look stupid. I don't want them to think I'm obsessed with them. I don't want yeah. And like so vulnerable to just show love unconditionally. Yes. Yeah. Dogs teach us that. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. And this picture I just like it's it's funny cuz we've got this painting of her that my mom did for me. A picture of you and her, which is my favorite photo, maybe of all time, because it's my two greatest loves. And then... Sorry, Neo. Neo and I will make memories. <laughs> I, I have to say that on the podcast, is that I just had this feeling as I realized that Neo is is now, you know, my number one priority. And I really was like, wow, it's so hard. I've only known you for 10 days. I've known her for years for over a decade you know like I have so much many more memories and connection like it, place things items of clothing yeah, all and that thing. deep connection like because Neo's yeah. not going to be my support animal but <laughs> she you know it's such a different relationship and yeah. so you know she was there for me and 
I'm here for Neo. And so I look at him and I'm like, you're definitely not the replacement. <laughs> right. We're, we're going to have to build a relationship. Yeah. I don't know you yet. That's, yeah, it's real. That's vulnerable for you to say. And that's true. Yeah. But I look at these pictures of, of and then even her as our, our little family photo we took last July. And there's just this one of her, the tintype. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, sepia tin type and she just looks like a little angel of herself and I think about as she like the painting my mom did of her um from when she was a little girl when she was mostly red it's she's so regal and victorious and hard in a way and then this one of her from like the last few years of her life the tin type she's so you know she's like a little out of it and like I don't know her innocence and I just have this thing for older beings like humans and animals and just the I think again the vulnerability of as they age what that brings you know like when you start to lose a little bit of your edge and you just start to soften and it's so vulnerable yeah and it, it it breaks my heart I don't know why that picture is killing me yeah Yeah. I think I want to share as we begin to wrap up here. We took this picture of Neo and Trouser. Where Trouser kind of has her her little seal face on, we called it. Where she kind of pins her ears back and big wide eyes and looks up at you. And she was white all on her face. And um, we were driving back from this was the 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 day that she passed no it was the next day after she passed and um we're driving back from being out for a minute and you showed me this picture of her you were you were upset and crying and you showed me this picture of her that you were it was speaking to you in that moment and like i don't really consider myself like a somebody who kind of actively receives communication from other places. You know, I'm not a channeler like that. And and I think a lot of people are, but you showed me that picture and almost immediately, like she just really spoke to me. Like I got very clear message from Trouser, not from any other place, from Trouser that she was very much still there for you. Her spirit was was very was just there with your grandmother, and they were your angels. Um, they were your guides. I've and, never and actually. She had. She was not leaving you. She is still with you. And I said to you, I said. You need to be talking to her. You need to be talking directly to her because she is there and she is listening. Just like a relationship with God, just like you pray to God or you pray to a higher power, Trouser is there watching over you, being with your grandmother, and those two together are really just with you right now. And I, I can't explain. It was just... It was so clear that that happened. You also said in that moment, you also said that she, it was her time. 
Yeah. Like you saw that. You were like, Trouser just told me it was her time. This is right. This is right. Not that we hadn't already understood that it was her time because we would never make that kind of decision casually. So we had to have known deeply that it was her time. But you really said this is her time and she's really there for you. But you were talking at a rate I hadn't heard you talk really before. Like the idea of you being a channel in that moment is very true because you were talking really clearly. You were really kind of fast. You had like a stream of consciousness going that, um, was unbroken and it provided me so much relief. And this idea that we can still talk to those who have passed is just really, really valuable. Like it's, it's been, such a source of comfort for me since you said that um because i do you, you know when i have these big big waves that come through you're just like what do you want to say to her and all of a sudden i'm like i have access to this thing that feels like it's so finite yeah and gone right i want to ask you something yeah did you have something to say about no. that no you know, last night you said you had a big wave of grief come over you and mostly yesterday you didn't cry at all for her, like yeah. in the way that you cried hard on the day she died. Yeah. But I wonder, you, you said something to me, you said, I may seem like I know what I'm doing, but I don't really know what to do with myself. And, you know, I thought to myself, like, that is what a wave of grief feels like. It feels like you are swallowed by the wave. You don't, you know, you can sometimes ride the wave, but sometimes you just get pummeled. Yeah. And I'm just curious, like, you know, you said like these, the birth of your son and the death of Trouser are two of the top, like three to five most important events in your life. And they happen within 10 days of each other. They're juxtaposed with birth and death um so in the way they're the same but they're opposites and they're really deeply feeling and so i'm just curious like what you're you know and and you and i have been extremely close through this time and it's really brought depth and we've said things like wow we're really in that space right now where petty shit is not worth it like it's it's teaching it's teaching us so much the value of our love and life and connection and the fact that you know as the adults of this and parents of this kid we're like you know we're in this together yeah and as long as you and I stay safe and healthy like we're just in this together yeah and you know I know I'm kind of saying a lot but like thoughts on that Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm I'm a very logical person in a lot of ways. Like I I can kind of think my way through situations. I've always kind of been like that. I will logically say, well, you know, this works out to this and this. And it's not that I haven't been a, a spiritual person and I believe in God and a higher power and we have practices and grow spiritually. But at the same time, I'm a very analytical kind of logical person and I think that like these past you know these two experiences combined have just kind of cracked me wide open a little bit um 
we watched our wedding video and there's this quote, it's like, you know, you broke my mind and my heart wide open. And I really feel that right now. Like I, I don't know how to describe it as an example, but I'm sure that people out there, you know, they hear stories of people going through big experiences and them saying, it changed my life. And I think for me, like I always heard that and I'm like, yeah, of course it changed your life because X, Y, Z. And, you know, I put the logical lens on it. But I feel like there is all of a sudden now I understand that. Like I understand that feeling of going through an experience that truly changes you that you can't describe how. Because it changes you on an emotional like cellular level that isn't logical that doesn't make sense in the world and i think you're right like i have just been blown away by the 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 thing that i've been able to wrap my head around is this is that i have been blown away by the goodness in this world (laughs) truly i've been blown away by the love in this world how much like it was a feeling of in these darkness like i i think i've felt so much you know and i work in this space where we're like challenging you know the empire and challenging powers that be that are destroying the planet and difficult systems of oppression and that's like just part of my world that i work with and talk about a lot And at the same time, it was like a moment when I felt like, you know, the light was winning. The good was winning in these times. You know, like the, I mean, just to use the analogy of light and dark, but the light was winning right now. And I hadn't really fully been able to see that. And it was so powerful. It's been so powerful to see that to be able to actually see that the light is winning because we focus on on the way that the dark wins. And that's good in a lot of ways. I don't want to take away from that because if we don't shine a spotlight on it, it moves in the shadows. But to see the light winning was just, it just came over me and it's been so powerful. I haven't shared yet, you know, publicly really that. Um, and, you know, I've been thinking about how to do that because I haven't posted about trouser, or, you know. So, but and thanks for asking. That, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, gosh, babe, I just really value everything that you share. Is it is it with the light with trouser? Is it because of all of the beauty that has come through this difficult time? Yeah, it's just her her being and having that experience of her channeling through me and, you know, just the miracles after miracle. And, you know, having that happen to me in these dark times, you know, that light actually shining on me and us and our family through times that were very difficult and spirit just showing up in that moment. Yeah. And... Being like, wow, yes. And, you know, that certainly happened before, but I don't think it ever really impacted me like that. And I think it took me being vulnerable because my my physical being was tired. My mental being was tired. I was down. I've been down 
in a way that is like totally natural yeah, and I'm stripped. not depressed. No, no, stripped of all your stripped. Yeah. I'm stripped out bare. Yeah. And at that moment, the light showed. I mean, it's so, you know, it's so important that we like I like yeah. I think that that's the I think that's the ticket here is that you know when grief hits or joy like like when we can hold the all of it you know like I think I think you know the the times in my life when I've had big grief I have been swallowed by it in my life and then there are times as I've grown as a person where like you see the beauty in the pain. Like yeah. you, it, it is the yin and the yang or the juxtaposition. The, the duality. The duality. Of the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the like the fact that Becky said she was a dachshund. Like you I know mean, and then and that's then it's one of my favorite stories <laughs> ever. <laughs> literally just you and me were the only other people and you especially that were like, she's a full bred dachshund. <laughs> And and then, you know, but like the front porch light going out on the day that she died and, you know, the, you know, the things that were found around the house and the and the and all of the experiences and the people who showed up and the friends that were like, can we just come by and say bye to her who then, you know, stayed with our son and, you know, all of these things and. Just the way, the things, right? And it's like, when you can tune into that too. But it, that's not always possible. It wasn't always possible for me. And it is, it, it creates something else. Like, a, you know, th- this will, this will, this period of time is not linear. It's just going to be a ball of time that had the best and the saddest and all of that. And I just, and not to bring it back down, but boy... Man, the idea that you would lose such a fixture in your family is just so interesting. Yeah. And I'm just not there yet with the like, it's perfect, you know? Yeah. Just the way it is. I'm not there yet. Yeah, and it's perfect in those, in those, it's, it's not perfect and that is exactly how it's supposed to be. Right. It's never going to be perfect and that's exactly right. Yeah. Perfect is not right. Do you have one story like like a top of mind one? And there's so many. There's so many. I, I have one story. Okay. Um, so I, you know, Trouser was an amazing hiker, and she was just the right. You know, she was kind of one of those dogs. Like she wasn't too big. She wasn't too small. She was an amazing hiker, and we would take her on hikes, and I would take her on hikes. And once I went on a hike with a friend and you know other folks may have friends like this but this friend was like a true bushwhacker he just went you know we we went on this hike that was that was a off the beaten path hike you know we bushwhacked up the side of the mountain we crossed rivers we went and trouser came and i mean trouser was like 11 at this time 11 or 12 years old maybe 11 and we went on this hike and, and this guy, you know, probably hiked with a lot of dogs, hiked with a lot of people. And, and near the end of the hike, you know, he looked and he was like, wow, Trouser was the best hiking dog I've ever had because she, 
stayed with us. She did all the things. She didn't like run around crazy. She just like trotted alongside. She just busted it out. And and it was such a proud moment for me to like get that affirmation from this friend who was had probably had a lot of dogs slow him down in these type of hikes. You know, it wasn't on a trail. It was just literally through rhododendron yeah, like thickets. Yeah, they become and, a burden. Yeah, they become a burden. You got to deal with them, them yeah, and you got to kind of manage them and whatnot. And where are they? And on a leash, off a leash. And Trouser just rocked it out the whole time. And that was a really proud Trouser moment. I just, mean, I love when you tell me that story because that was a proud trouser moment for me because she and I were not hikers, but we did love to walk in the woods. I mean, we had annual walks in the woods that she just like, you're right. She just kept up, but she also was small enough to where there was, she was like, she could go places. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, not being an avid hiker, I love that she was so good at that with you and I, and we got to go on a hike because right before our birth, we were trying to move, move the get labor going. So a couple days before we went into labor, we went on a walk in the woods. I'm so grateful for it. It was so beautiful. And she and I walked with you slowly, both of us. She and I were both really slow. And we sat and we ate snacks and we pooped in the woods together. (laughs) And we, you know, she like, I mean, the the idea that she would follow me to my poop spot, like that's, we were just together all the time. Yeah. And she was such a good hiker, camper, all the things. And I'm so glad that, you know, some of those days were cold and hard and I just, you know, some of those hikes are harder for her now and I'm just glad that she's not, she's going to be comfortable. Yeah. And I just, I'm proud of that moment too. Yeah. Thanks for loving her so much. Thanks for being an amazing mother to her. She was a special being and she will not be forgotten. Ever. And she still is with us. Cause I'm probably going to get a tattoo of her on my neck. Great. Great. <laughs> and, and and thank you, Trouser, for everything you did. Thank you, Trouser. We love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.